0: Go ahead and take your Bibles and go to 2 Timothy this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to read the verse that we all said just a little while ago together. A good verse for everyone to memorize. 2 Timothy 1 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We see here. God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, so therefore, if you do have the spirit of fear, where'd you get it from? Well, it wasn't from God, that's for sure. And let me tell you, there are a lot of things to fear. Are there not? Not, not. I'm not. I'm not talking spiritual right now. Okay, I'm talking, you know, just as a normal human being. There are plenty of things to be scared of out there, aren't there? Does any do anybody besides me watch the news? Okay, this, I don't watch it much, but at work they've got the news playing on there in the break room, and all I saw on the news this week was Ebola. Right, and I don't know about you, but I mean, boy, it's looking it's looking bad. It looks like we're all going to die from this. I mean, uh, you know, if we don't if we don't die from Ebola, we're all going to get our heads cut off by the Muslims are converting over here in America, or we're going to all get blown up in a war. I mean, it's bad out there if you watch the news, and you know. We live in a world really that is full of people that love to scare people, and you know what? We also live in a world full of people who love to be scared and you know, we are in the we're in the Halloween season uh, how How many of you ever uh drove uh, ninety two between Walnut and Ohio and have seen that house out there <laughs> so you have you seen that? That's pretty creepy, all right? I mean, uh, I don't know what goes on in that house, but, uh, I mean, that that's pretty interesting. You ever go driving on there? I mean, these people, they go all out for Halloween, and it's pretty spooky. And uh, pe- people love scary stuff. People, they will, you know, they'll pay money to go watch a movie that will scare them and give them nightmares. You know, we'll, we go uh, pay money, you know, to ride on roller coasters and things that just make us scream, and scare us to death and make us sick. You know, we, we're, we're kind of crazy when you stop and think about it. But at the same time, I'm not, you know, there's, there's the fun kind of scary. Okay. I, I love a good roller coaster. I love, you know, I tried last year. We went and we went to a place by Kansas City and they had this ride there. I called it the rapture. Uh, I, for, I forgot what it was actually called, but I called it the rapture because you're sitting in this thing, and all of a sudden, it just shoots you up in the air, and then you come back down. I mean, you talk about a rush. And, I mean, it. And I tried to talk Cassandra into going on that, and I was telling her it wasn't that bad, and I was lying just because I wanted to get her on that, and I wanted to see what would happen because she wouldn't have appreciated that ride, and she didn't go on it. But um, it, it was pretty scary. And but we do. We live in a world that they love to be scared. I mean, Halloween, it's getting almost as big as Christmas just because people love scary stuff. And, you know, the news media, I think they're one of the best at scaring people out there. I heard one preacher say one time, I mean, you know, the, the news media is basically a terrorist organization. And the way he explained that is what do terrorists try to do? Well, they try to spread fear, don't they? But really, who does most of the fear spreading in our country it's the news media. And, you know, I i mean, all they had on the news was this Ebola stuff. Scaring everybody to death. And, you know, I got to thinking about it. And, you know, I've, I've given some of these examples before. You know, a while back I talked about the restaurant I wanted to start. Well, I thought about, you know, and we all decided that that would be a total failure if we did it that way. But what if we started a news organization, a news media organization, you know, Liberty News, we'll call it. And in our news organization, we will only focus on the positive. We're only going to give good news. Because you know what? There's good news out there, for sure. There's plenty of positive things that we could talk about. You know, we, could, we would have headlines, things like, Politician Tells the Truth. All right? And you know what? While that sounds like news, I'm going to guess that there probably are some politicians out there that have told the truth in the last week. I guarantee you some politician has told the truth. But, you know, we could have headlines like that. Or how about, you know, the pastor remains faithful to his wife for over fifty years. Alright? I'm tired of hearing about the scandals that are out there. I'm tired of hearing about the one or two or three. You know, there's so many more that are doing right. Why don't we have why don't we focus on news like that? Maybe church is totally open and honest with how they handled the church finances. They never did one illegal thing. Why don't we have a news story on that? We'll do a special on that one. One hour special on that. You know, we could, we could have on our weather. Normal weather expected over the next year. Combination of spring, summer, fall, and winter. Why don't we have. Now, what do you all think would happen with a news organization like that? It would flop, wouldn't it? I mean, it would go totally down the tank. It wouldn't last. You know why? It would fail because... Here's why it would fail. Nobody would advertise on that. You know why? Because nobody's going to watch it. And the truth is, what gets viewers is bad news. It's scary news. That's what gets viewers. That's what gets people's attention. And these news organizations... They are in it not to inform you of the news. It's about making money. You all realize that, don't you? They need those advertisers. That way, those people, so when I watch the news, they need those people to play, that will pay money to play those commercials telling you you can sue the company that made that drug that you took. And so the other drug company can pay money to get you to take their drug but later another commercial will come on that you can sue them if you took that drug. I mean, it's all about advertising. It's all about making money. And it works because people love to be scared. They really do. And I I mean, right now, all the time, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't take anything the news says serious. Not prepare for anything. I'm not saying that. But at the same time, you know, I got to thinking about this Ebola thing. And I got to thinking about, I think it was in 2009, the big... H1N1, or swine flu, that was going to kill all of us. Now, does anybody here know anybody that got the swine flu? Anybody? I, I There was one person that I had heard got the swine flu, but this family was kind of dramatic, and it was probably just the regular flu, and they wanted a little more attention, and they said it was the swine flu. But I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I know anybody that got it. I remember a few years before that, it was the bird flu that everybody was supposed to be getting. I was scared of birds. All right. Does anybody know anybody that got the bird flu? Okay, A few years before that, I remember the West Nile virus was going to kill all of us. The mosquitoes were carrying it around. and Every time I got bit my mosquito, I get the West Nile virus. But you know, I didn't get the West Nile virus and I don't know anybody that got the West Nile virus. But boy, they sure had everybody scared about it, didn't they? And listen, I'm not saying that nobody's going to get you know, Ebola, and it's, not, it's nothing that we should fear, but one thing I do want us to say, what I do want us to think about is really, what do we need to be worrying about? What do we need to be fearing? Because first off, there are things in the Bible that God has told us not to worry about, and I want us to look at those real quick before we get to what we're worried about. Go to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8. Because really, you know, while you know, hopefully nobody's in here panicking. You know, I, I'm not kidding. When I was watching the news this week, I thought, you know what? I ought to start going to some of these medical supply stores and start buying up all these surgical masks and things because if this gets really bad, I can probably sell those and make a really big profit. <laughs> and, and plus, I might need them too. You know, because uh, I was getting a little bit scared. But then... You know, this, that spirit of fear, when it would come on me, I'd think about this verse. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But you know, another thing that we're, we that we worry about, another thing we're told to worry about, is just simply our needs. Okay, Matthew chapter 6 verse 8 says, Be ye not therefore like unto them, talking about the Gentiles, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of, before ye ask him. And he's talking about needs like, what you're gonna eat, what you're gonna wear. It's talking about necessities. And the Bible says not to take thought. In other words, you know, don't be worried about it. Don't concern yourself with those things. God is going to take care of you. God's going to provide for your needs. And but yet we worry about it all the time. You watch the news and you hear about you know all the layoffs. You know the economy is tanking. You know the job market is so terrible. You know the stock market's going down. You, You hear all that stuff and you get scared. And you get worried. How am I going to feed my family? You know, how am I going to be able to, you know, keep the lights on in my house? And people literally can get in a panic about it. And God specifically told us, and I encourage you to read Matthew chapter six. We're not going to take time to read all the verses, but He said not to take thought for those things. He told us not to worry. I'm not saying that you can't plan. And we, we, and they, you shouldn't work to take care of those things. I'm not telling you go sit at home, quit your job, and just depend on God to take care of everything for you. No, we're still supposed to do what, what God's told us to do. We still need to work, but we're not supposed to sit around worrying about it. We're not supposed to sit around obsessing about it, letting it get our blood pressure up, letting it get us in a bad mood and in a bad spirit. God specifically said, when it comes to our needs, not to do that. He said the Gentiles, they do that. No, he's talking about the unbelievers. Unbelievers do that. Okay, I can understand the lost news media panicking about that, but you know, as Christians, we shouldn't be panicking about what's going on. In the world, God's going to take care of our needs. And then also in Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 24. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, we see something else we're specifically not supposed to worry about. But it says, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I think it's interesting how he talks about serving God and mammon here, and then look at what he goes into next. Therefore, have you ever heard anybody say, what's the therefore, therefore? Whenever you see therefore, it's referring to something that was before it. And that's why we read that verse, talking about serving two masters. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? You know, there's a lot more to life than just possessions and even just survival. Eating. I mean, that that's a necessity, isn't it? The Bible says there's more to life than that. Don't be worrying about those things. And then He gives the example of the fowls of the air. I mean, how many birds have you seen going and checking themselves in the psychiatric ward because they're not sure where they're going to get their next worm from? All right. They don't worry about those things. They just, they just do it. They go live day to day. What they need's there. They survive. They're doing fine. They're happy. You see them chirping. You see them singing. It's people that we literally obsess ourselves and just make ourselves crazy with things that never even come. That never even happen. You know, which of you by taking thought could add one cubit under a stature. You know you can't you know what you can't think yourself into becoming a taller person. I wish I was a little I had a few more inches than I do. I wish I was over six foot. But I'm not. And you know what? Thinking about it isn't going to make it better. It's not going to make me taller. It's not going to make me shorter. It's only just going to worry me. It's not it's not going to do any good. And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither they spin. I need to start, I need to put this in my wife's closet when she's sitting there obsessing. What am I going to wear? You know, I can't decide what to wear, you know. Why are you even worried about that? Why do you take thought for that? And yet I say to you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Wherefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father, you have knoweth that you have need of all these things. And then this is what it comes at what he gets to, and where he's going with this. He says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Notice how God tells us all these things we're not supposed to worry about. And then at the very end of it, He tells us, basically, there's plenty of evil ahead coming. There's going to be hard times that are going to come. There's going to be diseases and sicknesses that come and that affect you. You will probably this winter get sick. You probably will. You're, you're gonna, you'll probably have some kind of financial difficulty. You'll have a car breakdown. You'll have, you know, pay a big car repair that you don't want to have to pay. You know what? It's gonna get cold this winter. It's going to. I know news, the news media, once again, oh, we're probably gonna have a colder winter than last winter. Once again, I'm telling myself that's just for ratings because you can't have a worse winter than last winter, and if they're not making a big deal about it, nobody's going to watch a weather channel. And then nobody's going to want to advertise with them. So it's going to be worse than it was last year. That's what I'm telling myself anyway. It might be, I don't know. I don't I don't know about that stuff, but you know what? It's going to get cold. And we're going to have to turn our heat on, and it's going to make our bill, heating bill go up. And you know, there's plenty of challenges out there. I'm going to have, you know, one of these days, uh, before long, I mean, I'll mean, i have another funeral that I'm going to have to go to. One of these days, I'm going to die. And really, and what God's saying is taking thought for it is not going to help anything. And it's not going to change anything. In other words, we don't need to worry about things that are beyond our control. I can't control the weather. So why would I sit around worrying about it? Why would I sit around obsessing with, about it? It's not going to help a single thing. It's only going to cause me fear. It's only going to cause me to worry. You know, I mean, there's so many things. Oh, our job might be laying people off. Whoa. Well, you know, they might, but can you really control whether or not they do? Do you have any say? Is it even your decision? Why sit around worrying about it? Why don't we just let God? Worry about those things. It just said in that passage, God knows the things that we have need of before we even do. God already knows what we need. God knows what's coming down the road. Why don't we let Him worry about those things instead of us obsessing over these things that are totally beyond our control? What if Russia decides to nuke us? Well, what am I going to do to stop it? I can't do anything about it, so why sit around? Worrying about it. What happens if there's another polar vortex? I, I can't do anything about that. The only thing I've been doing is burning a lot of stuff in my backyard, hoping I'll contribute to global warming. And that's all <laughs> I mean, just, if I can help at all, I know that's not going to do anything. But I mean, I just, there's nothing we can do about it, is there? There's nothing that we can do. So why worry about it? If there is a big Ebola outbreak, I mean, what can I really do to stop it? I can't do anything. So why sit around obsessing? I'm not saying you can't do anything. I'm not saying you can't, shouldn't go buy some hand sanitizer and maybe go buy some masks. i thought about whenever they get talking about the stuff in the news a few times, going and buying one of those masks and wearing them out in public just to scare people. You know, just because, just to add to the panic, but that's probably terrible. Um, I definitely shouldn't do that in the town I'm pastoring in, but maybe when I'm visiting somewhere, I have my whole family all wearing masks and just freak everybody out. You know, it would be a good way to maybe clear a line or something if you're going somewhere. All oh, these people all must be sick. <laughs> and, then, and then everybody's, everybody's going to get out of your way. But, uh, I remember one time I was at a McDonald's and all of a sudden I feel somebody grab my arm and I, and I look and it was a lady wearing a mask. And I had dropped some money and she was wanting to show me I had dropped money. But I remember I'm thinking, I said, she just, I, 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 I had long sleeves on but I'm thinking, I better, get, I better get rid of this jacket. I, I don't know what she's got, but it scared me a little bit and I didn't get anything thankfully but I, I was I was worried and you know what was bad too is the reason she grabbed me didn't say anything she was from another country I don't even know what country she, could, she, she couldn't speak any English and I'm just thinking she's giving me some foreign disease <laughs> right now it, it did it had me, had me a little worried for a while but you know, there are, there are so many things that are just beyond our control and yet people will obsess and worry about those to a point that it will literally affect their health. I mean, literally it will affect their health. And you know, the Bible said not to worry about it. Don't, also, don't worry about things from your past. In other words, maybe, you know, a lot of people, they will sit around and they obsess and worry maybe over a difficulty from the past. You know, In First Thessalonians, we see in chapter 4, the Bible says, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Talking about those who have passed on, those who have died. That you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. You know, there's people that you, maybe you've lost, you've lost somebody that you love and that you care about. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with sorrowing. But the Bible says not to sorrow as those that don't have any hope. And you know, it's tough losing somebody that you care about but does worrying about it bring him back? Does worrying about it make anything better? And the Bible tells us when it comes to maybe somebody you've lost to, don't sorrow like those that are lost, but uh, sorrow, but sorrow with the hope that you're going to see him again. No, don't don't sit around worry about it. Don't sit around. Don't uh, worry about the things maybe that you've done in the past. Philippians chapter three. In verse 13, good passage of scripture here. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This is the Apostle Paul talking, and he said, I'm forgetting about the things that are behind me. I don't know, maybe he was forgetting about the fact that he used to kill. Christians. That'd be pretty tough to live with, wouldn't it? You know, maybe there's things that you've done in the past, sins that you did in the past, but you know what the Bible says we ought to do about those things? Like, for example, there's a verse in the Bible that says, Let him who stole, it doesn't say sit around and obsess about it, feel bad about it, but it just says, Steal no more. Let him who stole, steal no more. You know what? Just don't do it anymore. You've got to forget about the things you did in the past. Okay, maybe you've made some mistakes in the past. Let me ask you. Did Jesus Christ forgive you of those when you asked him? Did he put them? Are they? Were they put under the blood of Christ? Why sit around and worry about those things? We know that God doesn't do that. God removes that sin as far as the east is from the west. Who is it that brings our sins up? Satan, the accuser of the brethren. That's not God doing that. And yet, but many times though, we will let those things get us down. We'll obsess over those things. And they'll worry. You know, with, I'll, I'll never be able to accomplish anything in life. I'll never be do anything good. I've made too many mistakes. They'll obsess about those things that they've done. You've got to forget about it and just move on and say, you know what, okay, we messed up then, but you know what? From here on out, we're going to do the right thing. That's what I used to do, but that's not what I do anymore. Thank God He didn't say... You know, let him who stole, like in the Old Testament, go back and pay everybody fourfold. Well, there'd be some people, they'd be in a lot of trouble, wouldn't they? Now I'm not telling you you shouldn't try making up if you've done something wrong, but you know what? God's told us we need to just don't do it anymore. That woman that was caught taking an adultery, remember what Jesus said to her? Go and sin no more. He didn't beat her up over what she had done, but He did tell her, go and sin no more. Don't do it again. And we've got got to forget about the things of the past. Also, we shouldn't be worrying about what's coming in the future. Go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, says, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. So he's right here, he's talking about the coming of the Son of God, and he's telling us he's telling us to watch for it. He's telling us to wait for it. But look in Luke chapter twenty one, this is from the same story uh this he's been telling them a lot of the same things, and look at what Luke chapter twenty one, verse twenty five says. It says and there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And He spake to them a parable, Behold, the fig tree and all the trees, when they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, when ye see these things come to pass, ye know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand, Verily I say to you, this generation shall not pass till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but My Word shall not pass away. And we don't have time to read every bit of that story, but I want you to notice something here that Jesus just told them about some horrible times that were going to be coming. Some scary things. In Matthew, He talks about people and them being delivered up and being killed for the cause of Christ. He just told them about some very scary things that are going to come that were going to happen, and He tells them that when that happens, He, he tells us to watch for them. And he, but knows He never tells us to worry about, them, about those things. He tells us, when you see these things, He says, look up for your redemption draw the knife. He's about to come. He's about to get us out of here, but there's some scary stuff in there that He talks about, but yet He didn't tell us to be worried about those things when he doesn't tell us to worry about being martyred being killed for our faith look how many of the disciples that were martyred for their faith you know you look at the early church how they were martyred for their faith that looks pretty scary but yet he told them not to fear those things and the truth is we know that what Jesus was talking about there is coming may not be in our lifetime but it's coming and you know what we're not supposed to worry about it in fact, the Bible says, when we start to see those things, we're supposed to get excited. Because His redemption draweth nigh. He's about to come. And that's exciting, but what's going to happen right before that, that's not real exciting. The Bible says, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Because you know the truth is, what are we going to do to stop that? We can't really do anything to stop it. All we can do is watch and be ready and no worrying allowed. No worry. Don't worry. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So what should we be worried about? Because actually there are a few things we do need to worry about. Go to Proverbs chapter 9 in verse 10. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. I'm going to sound like here for a few minutes I might be contradicting myself, but you're going to see here that this is no contradiction at all. It might even sound like the Bible's contradicting itself. We read all these passages and there were more that we could have looked at where it tells us not to worry. But yeah, we see here in Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord. We ought to fear God. We ought to be concerned about what He thinks. We ought, there should be, and I know it's talking about you know, a reverential fear or a respect for the Lord, but at the same time too, I think we ought, we ought to fear Him. You ever read about God's wrath? when he gets angry have you ever read about the lord chastening his children we ought to fear that a little bit when i was growing up i was not scared of my dad but i still had a fear of him especially when i was doing wrong i had a fear of him if i was behaving myself wasn't worried one bit i remember one even my mom i remember one time i was in the process of giving my sister what she deserved <laughs> And I remember all of a sudden I looked and my mom saw was standing there watching. I didn't even say I knew, I knew I knew was in trouble. <laughs> there, there, was no getting out of, there was no getting out of it. And you know, I, I feared her because I was doing wrong. But we ought to fear God. That's the beginning of wisdom. And what is and so what should we be worried about with God? Well, first of all, Matthew six thirty-three, remember it said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What does that mean to seek after the kingdom of God? Well, I think we find out in verse 10 of the same chapter, Matthew chapter 6 verse 10, talking about, says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What we ought to be concerned about, the one thing that we ought to be worrying about the most is God's will, is God's will being done. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. That should be the thing that consumes us. That ought to be the thing that concerns us. Is God's will it being done? Is God's, is God's will being done in our church? Are we operating according to God's will? Are we operating according to God's plan? That ought to concern us a little bit. If we see, a, if we're reading a verse in the Bible and we find out we're doing something wrong, it ought to scare us a little bit. We ought to be like King Josiah when they found the book of God and they came and they read it to him and he realized we're not doing any of that. The Bible says that he rent his clothes. He cried out to God because he feared because they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. And that ought to be something that we fear. Are we doing God's will in this church? Are we doing God's will in our homes? Are are we running our homes according to God's plan? According to God's will? We ought to be concerned about that because, one, if we're running things according to God's will, there's some great blessings that can come as a result of that. I don't want to miss out on those. And And there's some great curses that can come if we're being disobedient to God's will. God's will is what's best for our lives. God's will is what will make us happiest. Therefore, that ought, to, that ought to worry us a little bit. Hey, is this is this God's will? Is God okay with this? We ought to be asking ourselves that, not what does everybody else think? Now, now you know people ought to think, oh, what will my friends say? You know, what will every, what will our neighbors think? Why don't we worry half as much about what God thinks instead of what everybody else thinks? I mean, really, when you stop and think about it, you know, what can they do to you? I'm not saying, you know, not to, you know, I mean, we ought, you ought to stay respectful to your parents. You ought to always honor your parents. But, you know, at this point, you know, and I, and I still, when it comes to my parents, I'm still, you know, I care about what they think. I want to please my parents. But at the same time, what can they do to me? My dad's not going to get his belt and spank me anymore. I mean, he, he can't. <laughs> you know, What can they really do? I mean, really, what can your neighbors do? Say something behind your back? And yet, we will let them control everything in our life. And yet, when it comes to God, who really can bless us and really can do something to us, who can chase at us, we're not concerned one bit about what he thinks. That's what ought to be getting us worried. That's what ought to get us spooked a little bit is are we being disobedient to God? I mean, is God's will being done in our occupations and everything? Whatever it is. Whatever it is, is God's will being done? That's what we ought to worry about. Worry about your soul if you're lost. We see in 2 Peter 3.9, we looked at this verse last week, I believe, Said says, "...the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness." But as long suffering thus were not willing that any should perish. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Did you know it's not if, if you're lost, it is not God's will for you to go to hell. It's his will and his desire that you will be saved. That you will turn from your sins, and that you will call on the name of the Lord for salvation if you're lost. I would definitely recommend that you worry about that. And that you take care of it, and that you you will seek for God's will to be done with your soul. And it's God's will that you be saved. It's God's will that you come to Christ. I would worry about my spiritual condition. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. We don't have time to read the whole passage that kind of explains what all is going on here, but I just want to point out one verse to you says, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Before that, it's talking about all these things we're supposed to stay away from. All these you know, wicked sins we need to keep out of our life. And it tells us that we need to understand what the will of the Lord is. Are you being obedient in your daily life? Is your behavior according to the will of God? If it's not, I would get concerned about that a little bit. I would be worried about that because we don't want to displease God. He's the one that we want to please. It ought to be our goal to keep Him pleased. You'll worry about what God thinks. Romans chapter 14. and verse 10. Romans 14. Verse 11 says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God and uh well I, I, I skip verse ten, the first one, but why dost thou judge thy brother, and why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. someday we 're all going to stand before God, we are going to stand before him. In judgment, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8 says, We are confident, I say, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. We persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. We are, we are going to stand before God someday. I want you to think about what, how you would feel if all of a sudden somebody came knocking on your door and said, we are the IRS and we have come to audit you. That scared scare me a little bit. Now, I do my best to do everything right. But let me tell you something about our tax code. It's like the law of God. Nobody can keep it completely. We've all done something wrong somewhere. And they, they get people all the time when it comes to taxes. That's why they I mean, just try to fly under the radar with the government. I mean, we'd be scared, wouldn't we? And you know what? Just like we'd be, we ought to be more scared of the fact that we will stand before God someday and we're going to give an account. And that audit, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. They might think, all right, okay, all these verses about worrying, and then you tell us these things that we do need to worry about. Why would God do this? God God doesn't want us worrying. But in John chapter 16 verse 33, I think this could help us see why he tells us, I guess, to take thought for these things, and not picked off for the other things, he says, "These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer; I have overcome the world." You know why Jesus wants us to worry about our spiritual spiritual condition, worry about our soul, worry about what God thinks, because that's how we'll actually have peace. If we just do the things of the world, all we're going to have is tribulation. Tribulation is what's going to come from sin. Tribulation is what's going to come from going against the Word of God. And therefore, if we would just stay close to Him, if we would follow Him, that would be the one and the only thing that will give us real peace. That's the only thing that will keep us from worrying. And if we would get concerned about pleasing God, if we would get concerned about our souls, those things can be easily taken care of. Salvation can be easily taken care of. If you're not saved, that can be taken care of. Real easy. We'd love to take a Bible and show you how you can take care of that today. And then following God, that's something that takes little, maybe it takes a little more time. Sometimes maybe it's not real easy, but you know what? Overall, it's a whole lot better than the way of the transgressor. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. And in Jesus Christ, we can have peace. And notice the world, that's just tribulation. But the Bible says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We'll have to go through hard times too, but we can make it. We can survive it because Jesus Christ has overcome the world. And so I'm here today to challenge you to not to worry about the things that everybody else worries about. I'm not telling you we just turn a blind eye and ignore things. But don't sit around worrying about it. Don't let it affect your health. Don't let it affect your mood. We shouldn't we that shouldn't be the case with us as Christians. Trust in the Lord and in Jesus Christ, we can have peace. So with that, let's all stand together.